Thank you very much for joining me for episode 11 of Civil Tension. 11 weeks straight now and still going strong. That's awesome. Civil Tension, conversations with contentious intent. We are, I just hit the dang table. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need an intro. intro. (laughs) All right, Civil Tension, conversations with contentious intent. We are civil, not polite. We are civil, not politically correct. Civil Tension is a weekly podcast intended to demonstrate that people can engage in difficult, contentious topics of conversation while remaining civil and strengthening the ties that bind us together, even when we profoundly and passionately disagree. Civil Tension can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and more. You can also follow us now on Twitter, at Civil Tension. You can also come to Facebook, while Facebook remains around, who knows what's happening there, uh, by joining the Civil Tension podcast group. Uh, We do have an Instagram that we'll be developing and a YouTube channel that we'll be developing. You can also join the mail list and send in what you'd like us to talk about to civiltension at gmail.com. And Civil Tension is created and produced by me, Peter Galt, your host, uh, brought to you currently by Coffee and Breakfast, (coughs) along with the support of our co-hosts and guests and gracious internet listeners. Co-hosts, would you like to introduce yourselves, please? John Guansi and Tom Sellers. All right, and uh, have uh, our conversationalists introduce themselves in just a moment. But uh, would like to remind them that uh, we want to be mindful of name dropping. The names of people, places, and things may be changed to protect the innocent, the not so innocent, but you know, mostly ourselves. Because hey, yeah, it's the way it goes. Uh, but uh, let's start to my left, please. Ken Nicholson, Dan's Weir. Don Stevenson, Bill Hasse, Bob Gibbons. Bob Gibbons. <coughs> and I would like to mention that Bob has graciously volunteered to help admin the uh, social media that we're working on for this. So very thank cool. You very Thanks. Much. You know, actually, Tom, why don't you bring up what you were just talking about before we started recording here a little bit? Well, the uh, the thing in in the the depending on where you get your news from, you may not have seen it at all, which was the the shooting that happened a couple of days ago uh, that was put to an end by a trained uh, guard service person at the school uh, who ended up shooting the uh, shooting the offender, which is something we've kind of had a discussion about here from time to time. My problem with it is I don't want to get into a whole uh, gun debate again. We've done enough of that the last several weeks. But what I do want to get into is why is this not heard by the masses? Why do we have to go look for it or stumble across it? It seems the mainstream media just wants to feed one narrative. Well, it certainly wasn't on mainstream media. I found out about it on Facebook, and, I, and <laughs> you know, it was getting shared quite a bit. So it was getting around, but you're right, it's not mainstream media. And why? Because not enough people were killed? No, because the good guys won, in, in the sense that the, the damage was limited by a solution that is put forth primarily by rightist persons people, which is, you know, stop the bleeding now, and then we'll worry about the longer-term ways to fix the the aggression issues. Uh, And uh, they don't want that to be heard. They don't want the fact that there was an armed, capable, (coughs) trained person who held the damage to a reasonable minimum. Uh, They don't want people to know that it worked. That's my my point. Well, it's the same thing, then they they blow up when it doesn't work. You know, I mean, you're right. It's one-sided. Everything has to come back to money. I I personally, maybe there's people at this table that can explain this to me. I don't understand how it benefits the media to do such a crummy job at presenting both sides or the middle point of view or whatever you want to say. But how does it possibly benefit them to lean so heavily left? I I think you answered your own question with following money. Well, okay, but how do they get more money? Because they're not if, reporting the, the If it bleeds, truth. it leads, right? It gets out there. I mean, why do you sensationalize uh, the, the shooter that got away with killing 17 people before they got him, and you do nothing about the guy who stops the shooter? You know, you sensationalize that side of it, and that's what really should be kept out because it you're promoting it to other people. You're giving other folks ideas. Hey, Look at me. I can be a superstar. I can be a professional school shooter. 
I, w- I would mm-hmm. suggest that it is it is somewhat less about money. And I'll just use CNN, for example. Um, even though their ratings have suffered, I think, because they report one side of the story, they're still making money. And I think that many of the executives probably at CNN feel that it's more important to support that agenda than the money is. But again, I don't think if they were losing their money or losing their job, they would support it. But they're still making money at CNN. So they feel it it is okay for them to support their political agenda because they are still making money, but the agenda becomes more important in their minds. They feel like that cause to them is more important than maybe uh, maybe the bottom line in the short term. A lot of us spend a lot of time trying to figure out where to get the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a couple of friends who are better at this than I, and <laughs> I'm continually asking them where should I go today to learn about this. The internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the internet. On the internet. It must be true, true. right? Yeah. Uh, I, it seems, in, and the, the great, uh, the, the 50% of America that you never hear, hear from, those guys, a lot of them are, are, are now kind of focused on Fox News. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all getting a little impatient with Fox News because they're kind of off the deep end in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I could find uh, a really classy, detail-conscious, truth-conscious, unslanted source of news, that, that would be the leftmost button on my radio. Mm-hmm. That would be what I listen to while I'm working. Um, but nobody's doing it. There is no unbiased news source. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hate to break it to you. Um, I get my news from a variety of sources. Um, Christian Science Monitor. Uh, I follow um, The Economist, which is pretty liberal. Uh, the New York Times for in-depth reporting, still pretty liberal. You've got to balance that out. If you, if you get all your news from The New York Times and CNN, and get nothing from Fox News, you're only hearing one side of the story, and the only person that you're cheating is yourself. Well, the, you know, one, well of the, one of the most respected, actually, and unbiased news services in the world is Al Jazeera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they actually, tried, they are one of my sources. They, they uh, really are unbiased, and they are a good voice in the Middle East, and they have uh, made an effort to come here into the U.S., and uh, unfortunately, uh, because of the name and because of where they come from, uh, they have had an almost impossible time uh, getting a foothold into the news service here in the U.S. I have a friend of mine who's on the sales force for them, and uh, he just said it's just it, they're about ready to fold up because mm-hmm. it's just they're not acceptable because they're not biased. They're just giving stories of kind of like what we talk about here. They're just giving the everyday person stories out there and and showing both sides of a of a situation. They actually do journalism? <laughs> yeah, it, it, old school. Yeah, old school journalism. Who, what, where, when. Not Very old school. Not, but, don't tell me what you to know, think about it. You know it. What, what, what really is so strange is here we're talking about media that, our, our own media that, media that, that um, uh, affects um, our political situations, and then all of a sudden it's a big deal when some other country comes in and says, hey, you know, or, or tries to affect our, our political situation, when people don't realize that it's going on right here at home. Yeah, but it's different. It's like your little sister, uh, you picking on your little sister, but if somebody else picks on my little sister, <laughs> then I'm going to beat the crap out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then that's, exa- that's exactly what it is. The United right States ahead. has meddled in several countries' elections. Yes, um, the entire, the, several? the entire no. several, no, yeah. come on. Uh, well, I mean, and several? it's and it, it's come back several to bite us several times, and then it happens in the United States, and we are all shocked and appalled mm-hmm. that it can happen. I think it's all wrong. You know, meddling in on the country's affairs is wrong. Period. Well, we don't necessarily meddle in other other people's elections. We just take out the leader and put the one in we want. Right, <laughs> and that works yeah. really well, doesn't it? So that, that kind of just really, bypasses oh, yeah. meddling right into. We're just going to do it our way. Yeah, that's why Iran loves us right now. So does that make California our little sister? <laughs> I'm going to go with, I mean, I'm going to go with our little brother, stepsister, <laughs> stepbrother. Adopted. Adopted. No, 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 watch that. Sorry, man. No, Sorry. because I, I have actually been a redheaded stepchild in my life. So, so that, that no, I'm sorry. Technically speaking, still am because uh, my, my dad is married to 
actually a very nice lady, so I can't. Next week on the podcast. Talk about bias reporting. Yeah, well, you know, hey. But, uh, well, I mean, you know, right now we've got our own freaking problem here. Um, right here on Twitter from Breitbart. Breitbart's one of the sources I look at news from because they'll talk about conservative things that other news sources won't. So Breitbart does lean very heavily on the conservative side. But also, you know, there are other news sources I go to. But uh, there's a story that they're running right now about California police refusing Border Patrol's calls for backup under sanctuary law. Mm-hmm. Well, we could talk about that one for a long time. Oh, oh you are kidding. We could talk about that one for so a long the time. The police are putting in a moving situation there, but yeah. But, I mean, you don't hear a lot in the mainstream media about the towns in California who are uh, voting and coming out against Actually, sanctuary. Actually, I see some on Fox Orange News. County. Did you listen to some? Only on Fox yeah, News. Only on Fox Orange News. County, yeah. Um, some of these smaller uh, communities out there saying, hey, you know what, we're not going along with this deal. This is not keeping our citizens safe. We went out. And you know, a week after the fact, we've already got court you know, court cases filed right. by the government of California against these communities yep. for daring to uh, to. Well, there's actually There's law. actually communes or groups of people that are along the border, whether it's Arizona, Texas, California, that are um, farmers and stuff that have physically gotten together and said, we'll do the patrolling. Mm-hmm. We'll stop it. Because Boy, would they? <laughs> I had, I've seen it on certain news services, mm-hmm. and, and uh, there are groups out there that to say, you know, it might be a small community of 12, 15 guys, but um, they're out, you know, patrolling uh, because they, they know that our border patrol is just way under underfunded and, you know, not enough people. I think there's another case of the media doesn't cover certain things because it was hard to find the fact that uh, I think it was at least three people that they. We're in the ice raid in in uh, Oakland that dodged because the mayor yeah. gave him a heads up. Mm-hmm. Three of them already at least have been arrested for new crimes like spousal yeah. abuse, I think robbery, and I mean the reality is the good possibility that none, none of those three crimes would have happened if if not for the sanctuary city law. So it well, it's astounds me that it's just it, I, that's one of those things that's very difficult to understand that we will protect. Criminals. I don't care if they're illegal or not illegal. They're in, criminals. In why what do we way protect does this them? I don't benefit, San, you know, like San Francisco? Yeah, I don't understand what is, Why, as the mayor of San Francisco, do I think I'm going to get reelected because... Voter base. Well, you probably will in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good point. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Wait, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. This is, this is America. We mm-hmm. play to the political system. Mm-hmm. We play to our constituents. Money. You know. And it's back to money. Exactly. And the silliest statement that I've heard half a dozen times from half a dozen people, you know, when you when we talk about these ice sweeps and things like that, look, these, and this is the narrative we're hearing, they are not going after criminals. They may have only committed one <laughs> crime. That crime was coming here illegally. I, I don't. That's, that's a crime. Makes you a criminal. <laughs> you are a criminal, defined by just that. But they're not even really going after just those after people that have violent criminal histories, that have been deported several times. I, I don't, for the life of me, understand the thought process of a, a city council or a mayor saying, you know what, my citizens who have been here and have been law-abiding, tax-paying citizens for the last however many years are less important to me than people that have criminal, criminal backgrounds, not just a shoplifting type of deal, and we need to protect them first. And you live this close to Chicago, exactly. Where this goes on. Well, exactly. and I, All the I time. would I would submit that the most I would I don't have any data to back this up, but I would bet that most Californians are not in support of some of these things. But what happens to you if you're in California and you speak up against it? Ostracization. Oh, it, I mean, you, it's boy that you're taking your life in your own hands practically if you speak against that. If you stood in San Francisco and spoke against it, you might be in danger. Yeah, or Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento too, but I, it's. I just think it's. It is another case of, <laughs> since the media puts it all in one way, in many cases, it really does make it difficult for speak, people to speak to the contrary, out of simple fear. I think that's a lot of people don't speak out of simple fear, mm-hmm. and it's. I, I touched on this briefly. Not at this table. <laughs> <laughs> that's the but point. We have no, We have nothing to fear. There are many people that would not join this table. 
true. There are through right. fear of speaking out and being Correct. caught and, and being. And I mean, indeed, because, I have a liberal friend who who will not. I, I sent her to listen to a couple of podcasts. I sent her the ones that were more contentious. <laughs> and she called me up and says, I think they roast me alive. I'm not going to go. And I said, no, these people have manners. They have, mm -hmm. you know, civil, you know, rules. And but we are engaged in me. censorship already. We are. It, it's, it's, I talked about this a little bit last week. I've been try having a little bit of difficulty getting the podcast out and, and up, even though we're gaining an audience. We've, we've broken past that, kind of like that 3,500 in my own mind, these, these little goals that I set and, and barriers. Uh, broke past that 3,500 weekly listener mark, which I know in the world of podcasts is, is small beans, but I mean, we're brand new. This is our 11th episode. But if we go, every time we, every time a, a podcast is posted, I, I post Sunday afternoons after editing, and that seems to be a good time to get a quick jump and the RSS pushes it out, pushes it out there, and we go boom really, really quick. And then the rest of the week, I have to fight and push to get this out and get it heard because there are a lot of words. I have to be careful on what I title. I've discovered the title that I use. I have to be careful on the quotes that I put out to to push this because all these wonderful little bots look for all these conservative cues and then bury it or it then becomes oh you know hey you know like twitter Cry for security risk yeah security risk or ooh this is sensitive content um you know i've actually made sure that the the civil tension twitter account is completely open it, it blocks nothing which is what twitter tells you you have to do in order to go and look at at uh, tweets that it blocks that it says sorry this is sensitive content and i still get little things that say, oh, sorry, this is sensitive content. And I have to go back, uncover it, go in through another way to look at it, and then see, oh, wow, that's really freaking innocuous. Why did Twitter? Mm -hmm. But then you look at the words that are in the post, mm -hmm. and if any of these words, you know, if there's, it's it's hard to, to get uh, a lot of posts to come through. Pete, could you, you give us examples of words that don't make it? Um, words that don't really make it guns that's really hard uh, you can actually if you hashtag it that'll work a little bit better because then it makes it searchable by the hashtag but then even still Twitter kind of pushes it down uh, guns firearms uh, if you if you label anything uh, with regard to the Christian leaning belief system that gets buried a little bit more and makes it hard so you have to watch that um, anything about you know God, Jesus, Christ uh, that actually gets pushed down. Uh, if you look at uh, you the can Quran's through, okay though, right? Actually, that uh, that stuff flows pretty freely. Yeah, and I bet um, gun control opens the doors for you. You know, even something like I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, the tweets by James Woods, the mm -hmm. actor. Mm -hmm. um, he, he does some pretty prolific tweets there. Yep. He's, he's a very conservative fellow. Uh, but even he has started doing tweets that are a little bit more, and he, and he can do this, but like he's got one here that uh, uh, simply is about uh, a, a, another, another post, another thing, but just says start slowly and just magnificently. It's about a little video, which is a little cool. It's, a little, it's innocuous in and of itself. But using words that are generally just bland, safe, are, yeah, safe words. It's it's that's how this gets out there. And you know, now I've spent what five minutes talking about how we get this out here it, through a media standpoint. We do have a, a really cool age of mass media available on an individual level. Mm -hmm. You know. It, there was a time that I never would have dreamed that this is something we could sit around and do. And then I could post it up, and people I have no idea who they are are clicking in and listening on this, and and all for this the point to demonstrate that man your liberal friend she would not get chewed up. We we might not be uh, civil, polite or civil. <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll be civil. That's the whole point of this. We, oh, we might right. not be politically correct, <laughs> but uh, you know we'll be civil. We we want those voices. We want to demonstrate that. You know, damn it, yeah, we can actually have these conversations. And and this whole idea of censorship, 
bothers the holy living crap out of me. And the idea that, you know, in fact, John, I, uh, you've been really quiet. Noticeably absent. I mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 For <laughs> almost 22 minutes. It's simmering over there. <laughs> but, you know, uh, John's, John's uh, quotes from, here. From, from prior things, uh, you know, prior episodes, actually, and I mentioned this last week, uh, and I got a couple of these here, play pretty well when you actually push them through. Um you know, John said, uh, let's suspend legal due process. Let's imprison a few journalists. Let's actually proceed to go about the business of some censorship. Those two sentences from you mm -hmm. played very well. The doors through, flew open. Yeah, the doors <laughs> flew open. You know, let's, let's uh, you know, hey, yes, let's do censorship. And I know you were being facetious before and you were playing the part of, of the voice we don't often hear at this table. And I want to make that very clear. So that uh, <laughs> I, 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 I know that Mr. Paparazzi himself. While while John was doing chasing down Mr. a remarkably Lincoln. good job of of filling in the the voice of the devil's advocate for us in the past, um, that that's not at all your yeah. your okay. your nature. So thanks for doing that. You're welcome. So, and there he speaks. We got it. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, oh, there's I, a storm there's, brewing. There's, uh, let's see here. That, that's John's first quote. This week. You're welcome. How do you justify that, John? And Can you explain your position on that? <laughs> <laughs> Did you mean so, it? Pure gratitude. <laughs> but, but that's, I mean, innocuous stuff is what gets through. <sighs> To hell with freaking innocuous stuff. We're not going to learn anything about each other. We're not going to continue to come together as a society if we keep if we keep milk toasting everything. That it's isn't the that isn't the objective on the part of the left. This is not the objective that they come together. It's not the objective that we come together. We as conservatives, people who are constitutionally minded, have to get off the bench and our thumbs and come to the understanding that this is not about coming together. This is about this is about conquest for the leftist. This is about conquest for the person that believes in tyranny and not liberty. And I don't care if you're a communist, a socialist, or a fascist. This, is, this has nothing to do with coming together as a nation, and that is not their objective. I agree with you 100%, and I understand that. I agree. And so, but, but back to the issue with regards to the, to the, to the media. These people are going to have just a modicum of acceptable gross margin and net profit, whatever they find to be barely acceptable. But then the key for them, because they're ideologues, is to advance an agenda. And it's not to advance an agenda that says, look, we want freedom of thought, so you can choose in your liberty what is your best way to live per the Tenth Amendment and even make easier the subdivision of states so people can live in their liberty under a constitutional republic. That isn't the objective. Their objective is to say, look, if you have something to say and we don't agree with you, i.e. when you're on a college campus or in San Francisco or in Oakland, we don't want to hear what you have to say. We want to shut you up. We want to shut you down. We want to censor you. And the reason that they want to do that is, is because these are people within their hearts, they believe in this, the arrogance that leads to tyranny. It takes a certain level of self-arrogance to believe that I absolutely know what I know and I have the authority and the ability to force it upon you. I believe what I believe very strongly, but I will present it to you and it's up to you to accept it. It's not mine to say, you know, you may have a differing opinion. I'm going to shut you down, shut you up, and if you get in my way, I'm going to put you in jail, I'm going to fine you, I'm going to come after you with the full weight and measure of the, of the government. That is that is what the left does. It is what they do, but that is why we're doing well, this. That's that's right. It's what the arrogant does. I mean, that's what the arrogance does. does, because it leads to tyranny, and then people wonder, well, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. Well, we got here because you weren't willing to sit around a table and have a conversation. You weren't willing to engage in your heart of hearts a Tenth Amendment orientation that says, look, I believe I'm absolutely and positively right for believing in my Lord Jesus Christ. I will present that to you, but it's up to you to choose whether you follow or you don't. It's not mine to say you will or else. Absolutely not. And that's what well, the left does in this country, and it isn't right. It is not American. Arrogance isn't right or left. It's, yeah, on, it's yeah, on both sides. That's true. It's mm -hmm. on both sides because, because let's face it, uh, and, and I'm, uh, I'm probably as conservative uh, as many people are, but uh, during the Obama administration, and I 
I want to say that, uh, let's face it, the Republicans didn't give him very much leeway. And uh, uh, the Democrats, when they had control of the Congress, they said, hey, we're going to take what we're going to do and we're going to do, we're going to put our, push our agenda. Mm -hmm. And now that it's the Republicans, we're saying, no, now we're going to push our agenda. So it's, it's but, a, but, but the, we're not, we're not, they're not sitting down and talking about it. That's the point. No, the, the issue is the Republicans are, are a bunch of milksop weenies. Thank they couldn't, you. They, yeah, they, yeah, 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 there you go. Now, All right. No, but, oh, no, but, a bunch no, of cow towers. But, but really, they are, they're, they're cowed. And the simple fact is this, is that the Democrats, Circle the wagons, unify, and they push an agenda. They do a better and job they, at their side than we do at yeah. I'm okay. sorry, did what? you not pay attention during the did 2016 election? Our, when we, they when, did not circle the wagons very well. They well, did they not did push an agenda very well. Yeah. When they, when they, when the Republicans, they say, "Look, we want the House. We give them the House." They, they say, "Well, now we need the Senate. Well, you get the Senate. We need the White House. You get the White House." And they're still up there between. Uh, between Ryan and McConnell, they're still capitulating and flippy-flopping all over the place. <laughs> These are not strong constitutionalists. And when I use the term leftist, I don't mean Democrat. No. Okay, I want to be very clear on that. And to the issue that there's arrogance on both sides, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe that a, a conservative, a constitutionalist, by his nature, can be confident in what he or she says. But arrogance says you must accept what I say. I put it out there for your free consumption. And there is the difference between arrogance and confidence. There is definitely a difference, but that, but I, I'll never believe that it's only one-sided. There's arrogance on both sides. Without oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, one, no one's disagreeing with you on that. Of course um, there is. And, and evidence of what we, you know, Jan, Ken, both, everybody's just got done saying here. Well, we're, we're, you know, somebody made the mis somebody made the statement that the, the Republicans have caved and kowtowed, and, and I submit to you: look at yesterday's omnibus mm -hmm. and tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, we don't yeah, have we don't have physical we don't uh, the fiscal conservative movement is dead. I mean, but they're they they're trying their best to go ahead and kill it. Uh, we we go want to go ahead and cut taxes, which is great. But then if you cut taxes, you have to cut spending. Mm -hmm. And they nobody didn't did. Do that. Nope. Nobody. Oh, no. Not a. Well, look, oh, several departments did, look, but we didn't. We on, on a whole, we didn't cut spending. Only in look at the budget in place for that has to be voted on by midnight tonight. Right. Yeah. So many billions of dollars. You know, 1.3 trillion. 1.3 trillion. Of course, everybody's got to stick to going to building a wall. And of course, everybody's got to put their little. Uh, Little figure, fingers on their uh, and their pork little pork projects. And they're well, complaining right. it yeah. doesn't yeah. touch DACA, the Dreamers. And you got the and you got yeah, Republicans spinning, spinning this that we got our defense spending instead of saying the whole equation, which was in order to get our defense spending, well we had to give up money for Obamacare, Obamacare. That we're trying to kill. Yeah. We had to give up money for Planned Parenthood, which we're trying to kill, but we got <laughs> defense spending. Right. But we got, yeah, we got this, and we got this, we got this. Doing, so we got know, a good yeah. deal. Like I, I think I might have said this earlier. If you ever want to test what your bill says, if it's a good bill, just look at Schumer smiling at you. Yeah. Tell <laughs> you how good a job <laughs> When he's saying how great it is, yeah. it's a problem. You did a great it. job. Yeah. It, to your point, John, I think <laughs> Republicans, the milquetoast ones, as you refer to them, and I would tend to agree, are there's too much willingness to compromise with someone who has no desire to compromise. The Democrats, just, the liberals just want to win. They just want to win. That's yeah, all they're about is victory. That's, they're all that's, about is conquest. And you know what? I kind of respect that to some degree. They want to win. You I have to. They're, they're trying to win at. I, I wish we could. I wish we would take on a similar. Yeah, but a win at all costs is not, it's not beneficial to anybody. Well, but I but I would submit to you that if, if they win, <laughs> that's... That's them, something we're fighting for, the, yeah. I mean. the, difference is, the, the difference is this, is that you have, let's draw an analogy. You have the Democrats or the Germans in, in World War One, and they're down in the trenches. And the French are the Republicans marching side to side, 100,000 abreast in red coats. Okay? World War One introduced a new form of combat. Now, we can all say that, well, we're gentlemen, and we're civil, and we're this and we're that, and it doesn't benefit anybody. And in the meanwhile, you will be spitting up your own blood. Your children and grandchildren will be tyranny under, uh, under a tyrannical rule of a socialist or even communist regime, or who knows what else, and the republic will be lost. But we were gentlemen. Right. They no. Didn't, they didn't fight there. Bull junk. Bull junk. We darn well better start learning how to fight and, and meet 
the the opposition on the field of battle the way it exists, not the way it is we want it to exist, not the way we see it. Peter Drucker was superb in that he saw the world the way that it was, not the way he wanted it to be. So, yeah. where's that battlefield? It's not there in, in the trenches of the Senate or the Congress. It's it's beyond that. We're going back to follow the money again. Mm -hmm. Who's got the real money, and where's that battle being fought? And it's and I guarantee you it's, it, it's not necessarily on the floors of the Congress or the Senate. That's those are the results well, of that never being fought got behind the, the scenes by the money. Oh no, it got to the floor, but it got to the floor because of the money and, and the agenda that the money was pushing. Well, it's the agenda, and that brings us all the way back to the MSM, the mainstream media that we were talking about to begin with here. And you know, to John's point, you, maybe we should no longer be civil about our discussions and civil tension. But my, my whole point is, is I get. You want that, oh. you, you know what? I'm an alley fighter. <laughs> Some point it's going to have to happen. The, the whole point of this is to demonstrate that we can have conversations without yelling, screaming, and coming to fisticuffs. Mm -hmm. But right. the fact of the matter is, John, you pointed out something very clear. The other side doesn't want that. They don't want They it. want conquest. So are we being truly naive in these conversations, trying to say, look, we're willing to listen but you need to listen too because we know that's not going to happen. They don't want to listen. They don't want to listen. We will we I will let anybody come sit at this table who wants to share an alternative point of view, uh, but it will not be a point of view that will accept being shoved down our throats and that's so if both the sides whole point. so if the other side you know, starts you know, to develop that same mental attitude does that lead to civil war? Yeah, pretty much. It, it, leads, it leads to a division. It leads to a division. It leads to a division at the very least. It, 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 it did in the 1860s. Let's figure out what our problem is here. We are constitutionalists. We believe in in the mythical, if you will, never really was here, <laughs> but in, in we believe in the basic principles of individual liberty and the governmental powers directly derived from those people. Well, so we're in the business of trying to win hearts and minds because we believe that votes are gonna change what really happens. That's the other side <laughs> has already gone to war. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. And we're not doing that. We're still, we're, you know, and this worked really well in Vietnam, didn't it? Right. right? Um, we're going to get run over if we don't change our tactics. But take a look at what PragerU is doing. <coughs> they just, they, they have fabulous seventy, what some seventy odd million hits viewers every week or whatever the metric is. I mean, it's really a precinct of no. Not when you then look at the New York Times at 540 million over the same yeah. time period. Right, right, right. At zero. Right, but the issue is this: is that PragerU is very simple, but they're factual. They're not compromising. They're not say, well, because it's really in the middle, right? I love when people say, well, the truth is in the middle. No, the truth isn't in the middle. The truth is not in the, the truth middle. Truth is the truth. The truth <laughs> is the truth. Yeah. And bang, that's the end of the story. And so PragerU along with Hillsdale, they go straight at it and say, this is the reality, this is the truth. They don't apologize for it. They don't compromise the truth. And, we, they, don't, and they don't back off. And, but the, here's the issue. In some ways, they're winning. Millennials are responding yep. positively to the messages and the content of PragerU. This isn't over. It's like we talked about before we launched this podcast. Time Magazine puts up this cover, enough of these kids that want to stop gun gun control. But yet if you go to Parkland and you look at the demographics of what their opinions are, it's two to one against more gun control laws. Bang, but you're not gonna see that narrative. But when you have avenues for like Prager, like Hillsdale, like civil tension here, that you don't back off of it and you have the discussion, the debate, and you say, look, I'm not yielding on this. You don't seem to understand. So if you want to continue to press your issue with me, Mr. Leftist, and you won't let me live in my liberty, you have given me no choice but to stop you by all means necessary. And I don't want to do that. I want you to leave me alone so I can live my life on my farm, in my home, with my family, and my God. But you're not going to give me that option. You're going to make me do something I don't want to do to you. But they have to understand that that is real, that that, that resolute nature is there. Otherwise, they will continue to come after you. Weakness breeds aggression. Well, truth is based on interpretation as well, right? 
Yeah. No. So you can you can argue. No. That's another show. No. We can argue what is no. truth, right? Yeah. No. There's a lot of philosophy classes <laughs> taught on truth that. Is, truth argument. is black and white. It truth is no, absolute. There's yeah. no. There's no. There's not a lawyer in sketchy that'll tell you that. But, I, I, I don't. I don't care. My. I don't. Yeah. My truth is not founded in what some lawyer says. My truth is founded in the Constitution, the Bible. I'll tell you what. When I went to when I when I, when I took the New L, when I took the LSAT, okay. When I took the LSAT to go to law school, I scored very high on the LSAT. I did really well. And then, but the final parting thoughts, the people that were prepping us for that whole thing, and and said, "Hey, look, it's not about truth. It's about what you can prove and get away with." Mm -hmm. And I never went to law school because of that. I was not interested, and I am not interested in what it is some attorney or some judge has to say what truth is. I'm interested in the truth of Almighty God and our Constitution that gave us this republic, and that's where the buck stops. This whole thing, well, the truth is kind of somewhere in the middle. It's kind of what you think it is. I have no use for that conversation because that's a leftist perspective. It's all contextual. It's all relative. No, truth is absolute. And you have to be able to stand on that cornerstone, plant your pole by it, and stand with confidence, or you're lost. And you will get run Now, you guys wanted me to talk. There it is. That was almost a mic drop moment. Whoa. Time to go home. And we're done. We're done here. You're standing up for your beliefs. Now that we have 45 words of content that we can... You're welcome. You're welcome. Start and finish with that. Checks in the mail, John. We'll take it away. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, it's it's kind of refreshing to hear someone speak with the passion about it and it's it's it takes guts to speak as you are speaking in our society today because it is not welcome because again the narrative in the media is completely different than that right. and sadly most people are influenced dramatically by the mainstream media in an opposite direction. Because yeah. most people are against. drones. Right, that's what that's we're up against. That's the problem. Most people are drones. They don't, they don't look at the big picture. Mm -hmm. They don't look at the they don't look at the small picture to, per se. Mm -hmm. I mean, as an election judge, and I can give you this, uh, um, uh, I've been an election judge for almost thirty years, mm -hmm. and when we get a primary, and you have a situation where you have a primary, where you only get what four percent or five percent of the people out yeah. to vote, and then you get a general election where you might get 40 or 50 percent okay but that then you have the other 96 80, 80, 86 or 90 90 percent that say they're complaining about things well if you're not going to vote don't complain mm -hmm. um, Part of the I, old story I, I mean, absolutely disagree with that narrative you have you absolutely have a right if someone's going to govern you you have a right to complain about that government if you if you um, just stand there and don't do anything, if you wake up tomorrow and decide Kim Kardashian can't, should be president, then by all means you should be able to vote for Kim Kardashian. Oh, That's the that whole thing. point of our individual liberty: is you can you can whine and complain as much as you want, and if at the end of the day you look at you look at your choices, Trump. Hillary or some or a third party uh, candidate, you can absolutely abstain from the election. You cannot do. You don't have to participate. I'm not going to fault you. I'm not going to stand on the corner and say you can't complain. We don't. Um, we well, don't want people mandating that. We don't want the government mandating like I think it's in Australia where you must vote. I'm completely against get out the vote uh, efforts. Vote if you want. I'm completely. <laughs> I'm get out the vote. No. If you are not self-motivated enough as a citizen of these United States to educate yourself and go vote, there shouldn't be anyone trying to get you out there to vote. And to do it by law to say you must vote, all it's mm -hmm. going to do is drive no. a bunch of people that don't know anything totally about anything. I'm 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 any other, I, yeah. I think we ought to limit the suffrage to people that can spell something, for yeah. instance. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We should have literary te literacy tests at the polls, and right? Bob, Bob, is that what you're arguing? Because that's... We, we, we had a civil war about that. Yeah, we Come did. On. Come on. There was there was a war. Everybody came. Bob, we've had I, so many sectors of our society fight for decades to get the right to vote. And then, you know, and, and then you only have 40% of that that aspect. It's the right to vote. Not voting is voting. No, but you, you, are, see, making, you, you are making your point heard when you don't vote. And John, John hit on the head. 
yeah um you don't need you don't need to be get doing get out the get out the vote uh things you don't need to you don't need to mandate voting uh, a lot of people work hourly jobs and to go ahead and vote is them to, for them to lose money if you want people to show up to the polls and you want to do it in earnest make election day a national holiday what time do the polls open in the morning? Six, six, six to seven. They close at seven. Is there such a thing as early voting? Just five. Yes. I'm just if you want to vote, just mail in voting. Six weeks. Yeah, mail in voting. Early voting. There's all kinds of voting, but the but the point I'm trying to make here is that that we don't see the the people come through that that should come through. When you've got a person that that you know has an opposite opinion, and you know that they're they're going to say, well, my candidate didn't make it, okay? Well, your candidate didn't make it. Did you go and vote? No. Well, whose fault is it then that your candidate didn't make it? Not mine. Yeah. And I would, and I would to Bob's point, I'm sorry, Ken, go ahead. I, I, Please. Just really carefully. I, I, I know a young man, honors graduate, local high school, honors, right? Top 10, 10 in his class or something, right? Came into my office as, uh, to to look for a job, and and we got along famously dealing about when we talked about the job, right? and somehow we wound up talking a little bit about history. This guy had no clue what century the Civil War was in. Oh, had no idea what the emancipation was. Had no idea of the economics, certainly, of the situation in 1860. None of that stuff. I don't think that young man should vote, but he did, and he voted the way he was told by the media, and that's where we're getting killed. Yeah, I'm yeah, and I would, I would just say I, I completely agree with you. You can complain if you don't vote. It's a free country, sure. and um, I don't really want. There's a lot of people. I'm glad they don't vote, um, and if they're not voting because they're completely uneducated, I actually appreciate that. Unfortunately, um, they do. But a lot of them that aren't educated, do vote, but again, I, I, those aren't the ones that scare me as much as the ones that the only place they get their education is from the media. Because right. there's only okay. one direction they're gonna go if that's the only thing they do. Yes. Um, but yeah, you, you have the right to vote, the right not to vote. That's Absolutely. part of being free. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can still complain about it. It, it. I think it lessens your argument considerably because you're not participating. Um, but again, that's to me, that's freedom. And there are a lot of people, I'm, I, I agree with it. I don't like to get out to vote because I'm just trying to get you to go out to vote like I want you to vote. It has nothing to do with I really want you to do your civic duty. Right. I want civic you to vote duty. for me. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with, those things have nothing to do with civic duty no. or I want you to please exercise the right you have. Well, part of that right is not voting. Sure it is. And mm -hmm. so you have the right to vote, mm -hmm. to not vote. If you're going to vote, you have the right to vote and cast that vote in any direction you want to do it. So if, if people just simply said, hey, exercise your right today. We're voting. If you okay. want to join us, great. If you don't, we understand that too. Yep. That I don't have a problem with someone saying that. Mm -hmm. But you're, you know, I, I agree with you, Don. Yeah, the, the whole you got to cast your vote is only about pushing if you're, if you're if gonna vote for the guy or guy I want you to vote for yeah. you know hey do it on my side do it on well, that well, side what about the other argument side? where the guy who runs in the primaries against other people and it's like why are you doing this you have a full career you you've got a wonderful life a wonderful family what would in your in, so what where in your mind do you think running for office Donald in the Trump. state of Illinois is a good idea and especially as a republican and you know the person saying, because you know what? I'm I'm tired of complaining. I want I live here. I'm going to stay here. I've raised my family here, a couple generations, and I want to make a difference. All right. So that's where the voting comes in. Not voting doesn't help make changes. And it doesn't send a message. It, I'm sorry. That's true. You know. If, you, well, if you have, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you make that commitment to to because I want to make a change because I'm tired of what's going on in this state. So I want to help make a difference. I want to take action. And I'm in a position to where I can do that, you know, and that's where that's that commitment, and then the voting on top of that. So not voting, you know what? You have that right, and and you can say that argument, and you're right. The argument isn't valid with me either. You have their right; it doesn't make you right. Yeah, sure. and I believe everybody well, well, should there, participate. You have the right to not vote, 
but you also still have the right to petition the government. You mm -hmm. have the right to freedom of, of, of assembly. So if you want to, I got a sticker. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you if you want if you don't want to vote and then you want to take part in a, a gay pride parade or some other advocacy, sure, sure. then you ha absolutely have the right to. And I agree with everything that you said earlier, with the exception of, and if we're talking about the percentages, and I saw Ken when I, I'm Dan when I went to vote, he called me a kid, I'm looking around, I'm looking for <laughs> um, But anyway, my, if we're using the number of what, 4% for the primaries? Four or 5%. So 96% uh, no. did not vote. Okay. Let's I, just don't, say I don't. I don't know. I don't. It was, it was the voter 18. turnout was 25%. Okay. It's about a quarter. So that leaves yeah. And only millennials. Only about three percent of millennials. That's the here, here's my point. Again, agreeing with everything you're saying, with the exception of, if 75% of people don't vote, we've just sent a message. Great. What's the damn message? Because I guarantee you, between 75% of the people, that message is different. Absolutely. So what message have you sent me that I can act upon? Well, the message, the message is that we're going to have, in this state alone, two billionaires mm -hmm. who don't need the job <laughs> fighting for a job that nobody, that wants. nobody wants. And they spend $150 million between the two of them Absolutely. on a primary. On what? <laughs> And that's the whole in a, point. In the brokest state in the country. Um, yeah, and on the yeah, what does and, and it's dumb. they've cured with the money that they spent. What do you think they're going to spend on the the, the I don't I don't know here. what they're going to spend, but, but whatever they whatever I they would North spend, they should take. Million. They should All take right. that money and, and just give it to the state. I'm, I'm going to call it here real quick because we have way veered into another topic. went from the mainstream media not telling us what we want to know or only giving us what they want us to know, hence the whole voting thing, and now we're on voting. Maybe we'll talk about that again sometime, maybe a little bit closer to uh, the, uh, the main vote in November uh, here in <laughs> Illinois, and we'll do that. But uh, we've been recording now for about 48 minutes. Uh, I would like to call it at this point because it's almost three hours worth of editing time for me. Uh, so, uh, any any last thoughts? Maybe five minutes at the most. Any last thoughts? Sure. Um, I would like <coughs> I would like to hit on something John said earlier about World War One, the Germans uh, in the trenches and the Austrian Hungarians in the trenches and the French standing side by side. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the most apt analogy i think the most apt analogy is the use of poison gas by the germans in world war one and then the french and english quickly learned that hey we can use poison gas too and it ultimately screwed everybody up poison gas is banned um when it's used in syria today it's uh frowned, frowned down upon even though we don't necessarily do anything about it but the <laughs> i'm getting distracted but the whole point is that you have, uh, we have to engage. We have to engage in, uh, in this. Conversation cannot stop here. It's political advocacy. We gotta find the um, a candidate we like and we need to go and fight for that candidate. We need to go and support them. We need to show up to the rallies. And, and I, it can't stop here. Minutes, yeah. and I, <laughs> but and don't I vote I'm for saying them. engage, don't just, if you don't wanna vote, again, of course you have that right. But when you have a problem with the way things are being run, the way to fix it is to engage in the process. That sends, that sends a bigger Beautiful. message than doing nothing. Have a topic for the future, perhaps. Is, you know, I, I worked pretty hard for Runner when he ran, right? I really saw this guy as a possible solution. And what happened to what he said versus what he did. Ow! Right. Well, got mad I'm a fool for having done what I did. But the horrible thing is we have no feedback system for his misbehavior. The fact that he abandoned so many of the principles that we were fighting for, mm -hmm. the moment he got elected, right. there's something wrong with the system. I don't think we know the whole story. Like, well, you, you've got to go go to the root well, cause. Of, talk to Jeannie, and she'll tell you the story. Well, why she, <laughs> why he why he abandoned the root cause of why he abandoned? I don't pretend to know what that is. Whether it's a matter that he told a bunch of porky pies to get into office, or was it the fact that he got into office and within forty eight to seventy two hours, whatever the case may be, he had a phone call or maybe a few sit down conversations, and someone explained to him exactly how it was going to be. <laughs> Otherwise, you do what we want you to do, or you're going to get steamrolled real bad. Yeah. Um, 
those conversations happen. The yeah. machine. Absolutely. Those Absolutely. Those and I, I think that is, if I, I had to guess, that's those, what did happen. It's the machine. You know how much it would take to get a man's attention? He goes ahead and he gets elected, and he's sitting at a coffee shop, and he's just minding his own business, whatever, and someone sits down across from him and says, you know something? you got a beautiful family. Gets up, walks away. That's all you got to say. There you it's go. over. Right there. Everything changes. Yep. Boom. And fight threat. And fight threat. There is. Well, we were ending episode uh, 11 on implied uh, threats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I thought we were going to see we're not coming back to that topic. Let's, let's order it lunch. Yeah, right? Uh, right. Wow. I, I still got another hour. Let's keep going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Is that all no, you got? No, no, no. Come on. We got, go. got a lot more. And you know what? Maybe we'll even do another one of these. I, I don't know. We, we might do another one. Just some of these things go through my mind. We might do another one before next Friday. I don't know how many of you might be open to that. But uh, uh, here we are at 52 minutes. I got three hours worth of editing to do. I want to thank you all very much for joining me for episode 11 of Civil Tension. You all did a great job. Thank you very much. Give yourself right. a round of applause. Are we, and, are uh, we going to be here next Friday? Um, yeah, point. we'll be here. Um, they they have given us the boardroom here. I mean, here it's going to be on, a good Friday, so I'm just asking. Oh, well, yeah, it's a good, every Friday is a good Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that. It's, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's good Friday. No, I'll be here. So, I don't you know. I but, don't know uh, if I will or not, so I, I will try. So, yeah, let me know. Let me know. And, sure and you know what? If we need to record earlier, that's fine, too. But uh, y'all have a wonderful... Y'all. 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 I, I, am, I am from originally Kansas City in that area, not that south. Y'all will come a little further south. Yeah, than yeah, a little, yeah, a little. Easy, bit. gentlemen. That, that Easy. might be that might be the Oklahoma coming. Y'all are so gender inclusive. Y'all, be a little more decisive. Uh, you know what? He all and she all. He all and she all. There you go. It all. Have a it wonderful, all. have a wonderful week. We'll catch you later.